If you've always wanted to launch a product and become an entrepreneur, but you're waiting for the perfect idea before getting started, listen to this interview with the founder of Chrismella. She'll teach you how to find a successful overseas product and bring to your own country. It can be a much faster path to a successful product launch. Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Growth Podcast. We're focused on helping consumer product companies, inventors, and entrepreneurs to harvest the growth potential of their product launches and really find success. And today I am really excited to be interviewing Mayumi Ishii, who's the, she calls herself the Chrismella Chief. And Chrismella is a company we're going to talk about today. You'll get to know her product line uh, very well as we, as we talk through this, but the founder and owner and really the runner, as she mentioned but to me before this interview, she runs, wears a lot of hats, as many inventors and founders do. And that's part of the story we'll share. I want to dive in and talk about her cool line of products, how she found it, brought it to the US and really found success here. And we'll dive into the story. You're going to love really our conversation with Mayumi. Mayumi, welcome to the show and thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you, John, for having me. So excited to chat with you today. So for the sake of our audience, some of them, not everybody can see you. Many are, are listening audio only. Can you describe what is Chrismella? Chrismella is the most secure earring back with patented technology. Chrismella is the most strong and applied. To, you can apply to any of your earrings, replacing all the known tech backs and lock onto it automatically. And it fits, locks and lifts automatically. There's nothing like it in the world. And our technology is patented in five countries, US, UK, France, Italy, and Japan. Fantastic. And you mentioned in our conversation before we got started that this is not your invention. Not, you're not the designer inventor behind it. And I, I have to tell you, I get a lot of questions from my friends, listeners, et cetera, that are fascinated, especially those that are listeners to this podcast. They love the idea of being an inventor or product marketer, but they feel that they just don't have the idea. They, can't, they haven't come up with anything yet. They've been waiting for that. And so I'd love to hear more about your story. If you can share that with our audience, how you found Chris Mel, you found this product that was already successful overseas and brought it to the US. Let's, let's dive into that story a little bit, because I think that's going to be really, re really resonate with a lot of our audience. Awesome question. Chris Mella has been around in Japan about 13 years. My partner, Eri Kunaga, invented it after she lost an important earrings, which was an um, important gift from her then boyfriend. And they got into a huge fight over this lost earrings and they broke up over this. And she invented this to solve this silly problem of lost earrings, which is 5,000 year old problem. And then one day, I'm Japanese, grew up in Tokyo, and I was reading a Japanese Wall Street Journal equivalent um, newspaper called Nikkei. And I was flipping through, of course, the top article of the day was about Chris Mala and how Eri invented it and how she's making a smashing success in Japan. And I I thought I was so intrigued and I bought it right away on Amazon Japan and I had to try it. And I happened to be in Japan on a business trip the following week. So I bought it, sent it to my mom's house, started using that as soon as I arrived and I loved it. And so I called Eri, hey, so do you want to bring this to the US? Because my background is management consulting. I My business has been for many years bringing 
U.S. companies to Japan to be successful or vice versa. So I was um, talking to her as a consultant, wearing a consultant hat, and she loved my ideas. She said, you do it. I had zero experience in retail, but I started doing it on the basis that I launched it on Amazon and do uh, direct to consumer. And here I am. Well, that's fantastic. So not this is not your first rodeo, as it were. This is not your first time you've done this, or you've you've consulted with others over the years. It sounds like bringing products to Japan or from Japan to the U.S. as well. So what are some what are some advice, I guess, or learnings you've had from your current product line, your current business, but also over the years? What are things to watch out for, or, or to really help you to succeed when you bring a product elsewhere into the U.S.? Yeah, first of all. Most important is the product is great and it's not easy to copy. I kick tire visiting all the six factories we use in Japan, all high-tech precision factories. And before I take on this assignment, because I wanted to kick tires wearing my analyst hat. I was also investment banking analyst in my previous life. And so I wanted to make sure the product quality, how it's made, by whom, and... Uh, are the floors clean and is it patented? All those things were very important to me. And let's talk about Chris Mella. How did you first first come across it or first find it? So on the uh, um, this uh, business newspaper, okay, the article. And just it was literally just an article, and you reached out to the company, and you didn't know them at all, other than like like anybody else. And I, I wanted to reiterate that because I think that's a great example. Of, you know, it's it's great that you have connections and a background. Obviously, you're from Japan originally, right? Yes. And so that's you know you've got a connection, but you, that's not necessary. I mean, any one of us could have read that article potentially. So you know, keeping your ear to the ground, watching for potential other products overseas, and the nice thing today, I assume, is with you know social media, et cetera, reaching out and finding you know without having to go there necessarily, whatever country you're looking at, uh, to be able to bring successful products from elsewhere into the U.S. And so how so you read the article you as you mentioned it's a 5000 year old product which i find is that is that really true like if you've really, really been around that long Cleopatra since ancient egypt <laughs> it's a great picture <laughs> fantastic so it's it's amazing how it's uh, and in that time it took this long to find a real solution for that problem how did you know was it a gut feeling right away after you read that article that this was the right product for you to focus on I was the uh, user, that I was a consumer who have lost my own share of important earrings like Tiffany, some really, really pretty ones. And it happened too often to good people like us. And it was about, it should be, you know, this problem should have been um, solved many years ago, but it hadn't. And when I found it and started using it, I really fell in love with it. And so I knew I had to bring it to uh, the U.S. and to share with millions of people. And you talked a lot about before how you you vetted the company by it sounds like visiting their factory, making sure that they're age legitimate and that their you know the manufacturing capabilities are up to snuff. The quality was good. Uh, what else did you do to confirm the demand? So you know you had that problem before. Again, you obviously invested a lot of time and effort and money into this. How did you before you did that confirm that there was a market for this? 
Great question. So after I discovered it, and the second step was um, do the field research, market research. Um, it was really not scientific or anything, but just gut feeling with my friends, um, their mother, their daughters. So kind of three generation covering uh, people who love wearing earrings. Many of them have nice diamond studs or play golf, which I love, play golf. And golfers, I thought it would be a good target for high-end earring lock. Um, so I did the survey and I um, analyzed the positioning and also price point, how far I can push. And all those information was very valuable um, to learn how to position, how to brand it. Absolutely. And, and this survey you're talking about was done, you said, with friends and family to yeah. start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we are big believers. So my company that I own is Harvest Growth, like our Harvest Growth podcast. And for most of what we're doing a product launch with a, with the client, we always do market research in the beginning. And of course, for our audience's sake, it's better to survey or do market research with people you don't know, but it costs money, right? So early on, a great first step is exactly, Mayumi, how you've done this. It's okay. to is You got to be careful. You got to realize they still like you. They're friends and family. They're not going to be as objective as other people, but it's still, it's a you know roughly free way to do it and a great way to get started. You can get some great feedback. And I love how you talked about, okay, don't just go to your neighbors, but you went to three generations, right? So talking to the old, the young, in the middle, right? So it's, it's don't, don't just focus on your direct friends, but a, another free way to do that is to talk to friends of them or family members of them. The further you can get it separated from your immediate circle, the more honest, frankly, they're going to be with you. So you've, you kind of intuitively did all that. I just want to make sure it's, it's very clear for our audience as well. So as you think back to this process that you've been through, what most surprised you? What did you least expect from when you first got excited about this, reading the article until you became a success? What was one of the biggest surprises along the way? Biggest surprises, you don't know what smashing success or surging sales would come, would come from. It, one, one example, a um, couple of years ago on a April Fool's Day, I was having breakfast with my husband. It's April Fool's Day. And then I was watching on my phone, the on uh, Amazon app, <laughs> The um, sales picked up so dramatically, like a lo- rocket launch. And I go, what's happening? Is this like some kind of fluke on April's Fool's Day? No. Somebody wonderful at theyafu.com wrote about it totally organically and called it like, this is a new essential. And People Magazine followed right away after that. And they called it the most genius jewelry invention ever. And then after that, followed by Real Simple, called it Chris Mala, maybe our favorite Japanese import since sushi. I mean, I wish I wrote all those copies, but all those things happened starting on April Fool's Day. Who knew? Oh, that's funny. What opportune timing that is for sure. It's, you know, a lot of the interviews that I do have a, a moment like that. It's going to be a different story for everybody, but they've got the moment where the business turned, right? So all of a sudden it's, it's puttering along and doing whatever speed and it's that immediate growth for you. It's, you know, a big article that gets written in a very positive way to continue to have success with your business. You've got to capitalize on that. So I'd love to chat about, so once, so that was kind of like this inflection point in your business as you really started to see it grow. So after that point, what worked, what's worked best for you? What marketing channel or strategy has really worked best for you to really capitalize on that and keep your business growing? 
video, product video. Ah. I'm not saying it only because you're in the video business. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, video is the key because we have this little tiny product. It's like, you know, like little green piece size and it doesn't photograph well and nobody want to show your back of your ear. So it's very difficult to come across exactly how it works, what it does, especially who are not looking for earring backs just because they just lost one. So video is most effective. And I got the, I was really lucky to work with this amazing Hollywood producers through another uh, third party, um, the um, um, marketplace. And uh, they made two minute and it, we chopped them up and they have been to this day using, you know, 10 seconds, seven seconds. Uh, clip as uh, Amazon ads, which is which started last year, and it's been one of the most effective advertising on Amazon for us. Absolutely, yeah, that's very true, and that's a great approach to take with video. Is to start, as you mentioned, like a two minutes is a very common length for what we call a full story or full length video, and then chopping it up and, and using that, whether it's Amazon or for our listeners, again, other platforms that work really well, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, those shorter videos, people are able to digest more quickly, especially in digital formats. And you can do that when you've got all of the tools, right? And doing that full length video to start can give you the, the tools, the bells and whistles you need, and then chop it up into, into different pieces from that point. That's great to know. Um, and over time, what resources have you found that have been really helpful for you in your business? You know, if it's a book or podcast or conference or what is, what's been really helpful for you that, my, that our audience might benefit from? Yeah, I'm sure you know. You everybody knows all the books and all the you know spe- specialized uh, websites with a really deep knowledge base. But many of the uh, tool companies like Shopify uh, or um, you know other advertising platforms or Clavio, they all have amazing tutorials. So depending on what you're looking for, what kind of knowledge base you're looking for, you just Google or go into like Shopify if you use. Shopify, or you even if you don't use Shopify, they have amazing resources to go through, and they just easily understandable. Just you know, in a shorter segment, so you can follow um, during your break, and just quickly pick up. You know what's the latest? What's the you know cool way to execute some things or solve your marketing challenge or whatever? Another thing I love is I love shopping. Don't don't we all? And then whenever I find a brand, a new brand or new products I really love, I go into a little deep, dig deep what they are doing and what kind of site they are building and what kind of sequence they are explaining products and where their product, um, the recommendation, I mean, the uh, reviews are positioned. Is it on top or the bottom or where? And why are they doing it? And that kind of stuff is a good mental exercise for me because okay, here I discovered this new product or brand. Why do I like it? Why am I so sold right away? They must be doing something. That's a great, I love that. If it, you know, I think our interview so far, if I could summarize some, some of the great points you brought up, is all about being resourceful, right? So for you, it's even, you found this amazing idea by reading an article that I'm sure thousands of people read and didn't think twice. Like, hey, really cool idea. 
but you took that, you're resourceful. You took it to the next, next level to now bring this to market. And then, as you've mentioned, you know, it's, it's, you know, looking for and finding tools that are, are that are out there, oh, Shopify, et cetera. They've got some great information. I, I totally agree. One of the last things you mentioned, I think I want to really drive home to our audience that it's, it's missed by a lot and could save so much in terms of mistakes and just money and time that people invest in, in getting a product launched in the right way is, is again, being resourceful by looking at both your competition, but also other products that are out there that are you know, maybe not a direct competitor, but what are they doing well that you can learn from? Paying attention to that and then testing it on your own site, for example, or product, you know, it might be on your packaging label, whatever it might be, and seeing what works, what doesn't. But you'll save a lot of, especially bigger businesses, you know, they've spent time and money along the way and made some mistakes. So you can learn from their mistakes by avoiding them, right? So not everything's going to be work. You don't copy competition as one of my old colleagues used to say is borrow with pride, right? So learn from competitors and others that are out there and truly being resourceful. I think that's, a, that's great advice. Well, Mayumi, this has been, a, a, I think, a great interview. I, I've learned a lot. I'm sure our audience has as well. Is there anything I didn't ask that you think would be helpful for our audience? You covered a lot, a lot of ground and you're pretty, you're an excellent interviewer. But um, one thing I want to mention is don't hesitate and show up. Like, as you just pointed out, uh, thank you for reminding me that, yeah, I just, when I saw Chris Mella in the newspaper article, a paper article back then, um, I was so intrigued. So I took ac action first. I bought it. I fell in love with the product as a consumer. And third, I contacted the founder of uh, Inventor. And then here I am. But take an action and participate and show up. It's so important. Another example showing up is um, couple three years ago, I was um, I won the MSNBC uh, pitch contest um, and I almost didn't um, apply because the application deadline was um, end of the year after Christmas and it had, it would, they wanted me to make one minute video and I happened to have cold. And of course I sat on it until the last minute and I didn't have anything and I lost my voice and I was wearing a jammy and my husband goes, if you don't apply, there's no way you're gonna get in because I was pouting and there's no way they will pick me. So I'm not even bothered making it. He goes, no, apply. So I put, took a, <laughs> changed my top, keeping my jammy bottom, put a little bit of makeup and then recorded um, the one minute video and submitted and guess what? They picked me. So you never know. <laughs> so don't hesitate to apply anything. And if Joe invites you to come on, on air, yes, say yes. I love it. Great way to say that. You said show up, right? And and so often, you know, with yourself and so many that I've interviewed, a lot of success comes from doing just that as showing up. And, you know, not everything is going to work out, but nothing can work out if you're not there, right? If you don't take the time and take the effort and, you know, that's how you find these great, uh, sometimes people call it luck, right? But the first part of luck is showing up. You got to be there in order for something good to happen. Well, this has been a great interview, Mayumi. I do want to mention to our audience, please go to Mayumi's website. So her business, Chris Mella, is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-M-E-L-A. And their website is the same, but it's C H 
C-H-R-Y-S-M-E dot L-A. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So if anyone's driving, go back and just look up the podcast. You can see the spelling. And also she's been kind enough to offer a 15% discount code to any of the listeners. So just use Harvest Growth, uh, one word, and you get a 15% discount on her website. Again, Chris Mella, I was going to say .com, but it's chrisma.la. So <laughs> separating the two, just put a .la in the, in the end of the word, Chris Mella. Uh, and again, it's in the show notes as well. And also be sure to check out Harvest Growth Podcast to see other episodes we've recorded. And if you like this episode and want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review at iTunes or Google Play. Mayumi, thanks again so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It was a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much, John. 